Welcome to This Week in Linux, the weekly news show from the Tux Digital Network that keeps you up to date with what's going on in the Linux and open source world. I'm Michael Tunnell, and this week is jam-packed with news. So much so that it's kind of ridiculous, so we're just going to jump right into your weekly source for Linux good news. This episode of Twill is sponsored by Linode and by Bitwarden. As is tradition on this show, whenever there's a new Linux kernel release, we're going to be talking about it first because it's the namesake of the show, so of course we will. The latest version of Linux 6.3 was released. There's a lot of removal of obsolete ARM board files and, and drivers. Also, there's ongoing improvements to the Rust language support, which is great for a lot of people because the Rust language is getting popular more and more every day. There's also IMAPed mounts for tempfs file systems, big TCP support for IPv4, support for non-executable MEM-FDS, the HW noise jitter measurement tool, and much, much more. So if you're interested in checking out the latest release of Linux kernel 6.3 in terms of like what's all new, you will find links in the show notes. Canonical announced the latest release of Ubuntu with Ubuntu 23.04, which of course comes with Ubuntu's multiple releases of flavors, but we're gonna be talking about those next week because we're gonna focus on Ubuntu itself and save the flavors for next week so we can spend more time on the various flavors and all the changes that happen with their releases. Ubuntu 23.04 upgraded the GNOME desktop to GNOME 44, which brings many overall user experience improvements, such as the new quick settings options for Bluetooth device management, adding unread notification badges on Ubuntu dock app icons, also, a lot more. Well, we actually have already talked about a GNOME 44 on This Week in Linux, episode 219. You will find a link in the show notes. Ubuntu 23.04 is powered by the Linux 6.2 kernel and the Mesa 23.0 graphics drivers. There's also a brand new installer written in Google's Flutter framework in this release. This new installer provides a similar experience with practically all of the same functionality, not all of it, but practically all of it, as the previous Ubiquity installer, but in a more modern style. This new installer also seems to perform some tasks better than Ubiquity. For example, the process of setting up specific partitions in the something else section is a better and smoother experience in this new installer. Now, like I said, practically everything, new installer lacks ZFS support. So for those who want to use that, you're not gonna find it with this just yet. We don't know if they're gonna be planning on doing it in the future, but for now, it's not there. What is there are improvements to snaps because there's a lot of improvements to the snaps package format, including the ability to pause automatic updates for specific snaps, which is a long time requested or even complaint from the community. So really cool to see that added for the snaps format. There's also been many improvements for performance in the snaps, especially the Firefox snap. So that's pretty cool to see. And also there's new flavors. I said we weren't gonna talk about flavors, and we're not necessarily going into the details of it, but we are gonna talk about the fact that there are new flavors such as Ubuntu Cinnamon and Edge Ubuntu. Now the Edge Ubuntu technically is not a new flavor. It's, it's existed before, but it's back. So it's new again, I guess. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about Edge Ubuntu and Ubuntu Cinnamon, then be sure to subscribe for the next episode. If you'd like to learn more about Ubuntu 23.04 itself, you'll find links in the show notes. Fedora has released the latest version of Fedora Linux with Fedora Linux 38. Fedora 38 comes with a lot of exciting news, so let's first talk about the Fedora Workstation release. Fedora Workstation is the main desktop edition of Fedora and has been upgraded to GNOME 44. 
Now, I already talked about some of the stuff that's in GNOME 44, thanks to the Ubuntu topic, but I also wanted to mention that there is a new lock screen for a GNOME 44, and also new background app section in the quick menu for GNOME 44, and improvements to the accessibility settings, and much, much more. I really love seeing improvements to accessibility. That is a fantastic thing for any project to do, so well done there. There's also a lot more information about GNOME 44 in episode 219 of Twill. If you'd like to learn more about that, link in the show notes. Now let's talk about FlatHub because this is a big change for the Fedora release is that they now have FlatHub fully implemented with no filtering whatsoever. There was previously a filtering in terms of what access you would have, but now you have full access to the FlatHub out of the box. The next thing is Fedora spins. For those unfamiliar, spins in Fedora are similar to flavors in Ubuntu. They are different terms, but essentially they're the same thing. We're gonna talk about a few of the spins here with Fedora KDE being the first, because I'm a fan of KDE. Fedora KDE has some pretty big changes in this release, such as being upgraded to KDE Plasma 5.27, and Fedora KDE now has full Wayland support by default. Plus, addition to that, all of those things are also in the immutable version of Fedora KDE, which is called Fedora Kinoite. Fedora 38 also introduces some new spins to the Fedora family with Fedora Budgie and Fedora Sway. First up, Fedora Budgie, or as I lovingly refer to it as Fudgy, comes with the Budgie desktop and is maintained by the lead developer of the Budgie desktop, Joshua Strobel, which is pretty cool because you're gonna see kind of like what the developer of the project wants to see by using the spin of Fedora. So that's pretty cool. Fedora Sway is the other spin I wanted to talk about, and that is a Wayland-focused tiling window manager-based the spin, and also there's a immutable version for that called Fedora Sericea. I'm not sure, I looked it up. I don't know if that's right or not. Anyway, Fedora Fosh is another spin, and that is a mobile operating system based version of Fedora, so really cool to see that. And there's also even more stuff to talk about, such as the brand new website for Fedora Linux, which includes a dark mode, as I am a big fan of dark mode, so I just wanted to point that out. And there's also a selector at the top right of the website for those who want to choose a specific visual mode rather than whatever your default for your browser is. Also in this, the last thing I wanna talk about is that there is an early look at DNF5. DNF is the package management system in Fedora, which in my opinion is one of the best package management systems in Linux. And DNF5 adds a lot of cool stuff like performance improvements and a smaller memory footprint and much, much more. So if you'd like to learn more about Fedora Linux 38, or Fedora Linux in general, you'll find links in the show notes. This episode of This Week in Linux is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com slash tux. That's linode.com slash T-U-X and see why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. Linode is awesome. It allows you to build everything yourself on their servers or you can use their one-click apps in the app marketplace to deploy everything from Plesk and WordPress to Valheim and Minecraft servers and a lot, lot more. Uh, Linode also has VPN-friendly virtual servers so you can create secure connections over the internet protecting yourself on public Wi-Fi, whether that's at an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or whatever you want to use public Wi-Fi if you want to use public Wi-Fi. This way you can do it in a much more secure way. So that's awesome. And if that wasn't enough, every plan comes with Linode's amazing human-powered customer support. You might be wondering why am I phrasing it as human-powered? Well, it's because a human is involved in it. That's right, I know, it's crazy, right? But someone will pick up the phone, respond to your email, or reply to you on social media 24 7, 365. So visit linode.com slash tux to create your account. 
Plus, when you do that, you're gonna let them know that we sent you, which of course is good for us, but you'll also get a 60-day $100 free credit when you go there and sign up with Linode.com slash Tux. That's Linode.com slash T-U-X to get started on Linode's awesome cloud platform. Let's talk about the Solus Project. In fact, the return of the Solus Project. Last time we covered it on Twill 221, there was not much movement for a long time, and some of the infrastructure had been down for nearly three months, so it wasn't looking very bright. It seems that the Solus ship was sinking, but there's a huge wave of news from the project announcing a new voyage for Solus, and it's about to set sail. So the first thing I want to talk about is the biggest news and related to this announcement, and that is two people are coming back to Solus, and these two people are Joshua Strobel and Ike Doherty. Now, Joshua Strobel, for those who are unfamiliar, is the current lead of the Budgie desktop and formerly one of the main developers of Solus itself. Joshua left Solus last year to focus on the Budgie desktop, and he's coming back with this announcement. Ike Darty, on the other hand, is kind of a legend of sorts in this Solus project. And by legend, I mean both as an important figure and somewhat of a mythical creature, because Ike impacted the project probably more than anyone else, but has not been part of the project since 2018. Ike is the founder of both Solus and the Budgie desktop. Ike is also the founder of Serpent OS, and the current plan is to rebase Solus on top of Serpent OS and implement many of Serpent OS's tools and infrastructure. So this is very interesting. I think this is a good idea because it allows the team to consolidate effort for Serpent OS and Solus. They say that this will allow them to, first of all, shed technical debt in terms of tools and development processes, which is great to do. Uh, it also, secondly, offers seamlessly integrated from source user repositories, finally making the much asked for Solus user repository a reality, as well as enabling users to self-host personal from source repositories, which is very cool. For those who are curious, the Solus user repository is kind of like a reference to the Arch user repository. Number three, it's gonna be become an atomic and immutable operating system with the benefits that this entails in terms of reliability and security. Number four, be ported to other architectures than x86-64, such as a Arch 64 or ARM and RISC-V in the future, which is really cool. I'd like to see that. Now, these goals are very interesting and I think provides a great outlook for the once seemingly dying distro, so I can't wait to see what happens for Solus moving forward. If all of these changes do happen, it will also take a long time <laughs> because rebasing and retooling the core components of a distro is not a simple task to do. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with this, and I'm you probably are too, but we're gonna be waiting a little while to find out. But if you'd like to learn more about what's happening with this new plan for Solus, you'll find links in the show notes. This week, we saw the release of the KDE Gears Suite version 23.04. For those unfamiliar, KDE Gears is the name of the application suite made by the KDE community. There are a lot of really cool applications in the KDE Gear suite. For example, Tokadon, AudioTube, NeoChat, Spectacle, Dolphin, GwynView, Ocular, FileLite, Calendar, PlasmaTube, CadenLive, Casts, Kate, Console, and that's just a few, and I didn't even name all the ones that had releases in this particular uh, set of, of KDE Gears. So we're not gonna be able to cover everything because there's just a lot, but the first thing I wanna talk about is CadenLive 23.04 because they added something really cool, which is nested timelines. Now this allows you to select several clips from your tracks, group them together, and then treat the group as a single sequence. This means you can edit the sequence, apply effects, and add transitions between nested and regular clips. 
You can later modify the nested sequence and the rest will update automatically just based on what you change, which is fantastic because it makes editing more efficient and even more flexible. So I am super excited about this. So now let's talk about the next application. Tokadon, the Mastodon client from KDE, adds the ability to see previous messages when replying, which is very important, so nice to see that. Also the ability to send polls to your followers, which is really nice too. And the next application is AudioTube, which is an application from KDE that brings all the music on YouTube to your desktop so you can search for music, make playlists, and even share links. And this release has a major rewrite of the code to improve the performance of the application. Next up is Spectacle, KDE's screenshot app. Has a total redesign of the user interface to make everything faster and easier to use. Now possible to annotate screenshots directly from the rectangular region selection, which is really, really cool. Because previously you had to do the rectangular re region selection and then open up the window, then push the annotation thing, and now you can just do it directly, which is really cool. You can also record your screen on Wayland with this new version of Spectacle. Also next up, we're gonna talk about Dolphin File Manager. You can configure how permissions are shown in the details view now. You can also have more flexibility with the ability to support Apple's iOS devices using the native AFC protocol. And most importantly, the biggest thing that people have been wanting for a long time, you can now run Dolphin in super user mode or root. Not recommended for everyone to do this, so check out the show notes link for how to do this, but it's really cool that you can do it now, and it's been something that a lot of people have been wanting for a very long time, so great to see it. Also, Calendar is a modern and highly interactive calendar and contact management app, and they completely revamped the address book system of this application. Gwynview Image Viewer has added some new improvements for reliability in terms of how you use it, such as in the inhibiting sleep and screen locking during a slideshow. Also, the zooming is now much more smooth when you're using the control scroll on a touchpad and more. And also, we're going to talk about the rich document viewer of Ocular. Now, this has had a, some changes to the layout for the toolbars because they've tweaked it to have greater usability and relevance. And also, the last thing we're going to talk about is the podcast app from KDE, which is called Casts. You can now minimize cast to the system tray and you can customize the playback speed of your favorite shows. You can also search through your catalog of subscribe podcasts if you want to. And also, as a side note, I love how the cast screenshot for this release shows the currently playing podcast as This Week in Linux. So much appreciated for that. There's so many other apps in the latest release of KDE Gears 23.04. So I'll let you take a look for yourself. You can find links in the show notes. The KOS project has released 2023.04 and they are celebrating their 10th year as a Linux distribution. And to celebrate that, they're releasing two ISOs this time, not just one. They're releasing another one that is a preview ISO. They said that this extra ISO is to look forward to another 10 years of KOS. And the reason for that is because this is a preview ISO for the KDE Plasma 6 desktop. Now, the keyword here, though, is preview. This ISO is not installable, so it's only meant to be tested in the live mode. KOS 2023.04 has updated to KDE Plasma 5.27.4. It has the KDE Gear 23.04, which we just talked about in this episode, so that's really cool. Also, KDE Frameworks 5.015 or 5.105 is included in this release. And for those unfamiliar with KOS, KOS is a rolling release Linux distribution with a heavy focus on the KDE ecosystem with KDE Plasma and KDE applications. KOS is also spelled K-A-O-S, which makes me want to say Chaos Linux, but that's not its name, it's K. OS. 
So if you'd like to learn more about KOS or the latest release of 2023.04 or check out the preview ISO for Plasma 6, you'll find links in the show notes. This episode of This Week in Linux is brought to you by Bitwarden. Get started right now with your free account at bitwarden.com slash tux. That's bitwarden.com slash T-U-X. Bitwarden is awesome. It's, it's a password manager that allows you to have peace of mind knowing that your online accounts are secure. You might be wondering, well, how does it do that, Michael? Well, what it does, I'll tell you. It gives you the access to store your passwords on a, in a secured vault, auto-generate passwords, auto-generate usernames, and even automatically fill in all of this stuff on login forms. You don't have to do any of it. Bitwarden is the password manager that I love and I use, so I am comfortable saying check it out because it's awesome, bitwarden.com slash tux. You can access your data across many different types of devices, whether it's a web browser, mobile application, desktop application, or even on the command line if you want to do that. Plus, Bitwarden seals and encrypts your private data with end-to-end encryption before it ever leaves your device, so you know you're the only person with access to your data. So go to bitwarden.com slash tux. That's bitwarden.com slash T-U-X to get started. And you can get started for free, but I think you want to check out their premium account because for less than a dollar per month, that's right, less than a dollar per month gets you one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with UPK, U2F, Duo, Vault Health Reports, Bitwarden Authenticator for Temporary One-Time Passwords, Bitwarden Send to be able to send passwords or files securely to people, really cool, party customer service, and so much more. So make the smart move like many community have and go to bitwarden.com slash tux. That's bitwarden.com slash T-U-X. So the team behind the Flat Hub did something pretty cool and also kind of hilarious recently. And this is to make me follow up on a topic immediately after covering it. Because the Flat Hub have launched a new, brand new redesign of the website. Last week, we talked about this new design on the show as it was coming while it was still in beta. Which it was still in beta for like a few days. <laughs> after months of it being in beta, they launched it right after I previewed it on the show which is kind of funny. So let's talk about this new design again. So Flathub has a new design, new logo, new logo, and a very important feature added is to being able to see verified badges to some flat packs to show when a flat pack is built and maintained by the official project itself. Another great thing about this new version of the Flathub is that it offers a lot more data to the user about specific flat packs, such as uh, download size, installation size of the application, and many how many installs an app has, and much, much more. Really cool stuff. I'm happy to see the Flathub new version out immediately after me talking about it. So I talk about it again on this episode. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more, find links in the show notes. Valve has announced the latest release of Proton with Proton 8.0. For those unfamiliar, Proton is a Windows translation layer for Steam Deck and the Linux desktop. And Proton 8.0 has been rebased on top of Wine 8.0. According to Valve's Pierre-Lou Griffet, not sure if I said that right, I hope I did, sorry if I didn't, it's their biggest rebase to date. And a lot of new games are reported as playable. So I'll give you some examples. Dead Space 2023, Creativerse, Disney Dreamlight Valley, and many, many more. Also, Proton 8.0 fixes issues with the 2K launcher, improves CJK font support for mini games, improves multi-touch support, and also has now enabled for mini games this use of NVIDIA NV API, and many, many more improvements. And also, just real quick, I want to say it thanks to the awesome folks at CoWeavers for their continued work on Proton making this awesome project happen. So thanks to Valve and also CodeWeavers for Proton because 
Proton is a very awesome thing that's kind of critical to the Linux gaming world at this point. So thanks again. If you'd like to learn more about Proton and Proton 8.0, you'll find links in the show notes. QEMU 8.0 was released this week, and this is a major update to this virtualization software. Some of the highlights for QEMU 8.0 include now supporting ZenGuest under KVM when running on the Linux 5.12 kernel, or newer, it, you know, since 5.12, doesn't have to be 5.12. Also added new ARM-emulated CPU types for Cortex-A55 and Cortex-R52. QEMU 8.0 on RISC-V supports a number of new extensions like ZARS, Zvadu, Zikbiome and Zikbop, and many others. I chose to talk about those specifically because they're just fun to say. QMU 8.0 is also now capable of supporting ACPI on RISC-V and adds a new CPU model for Intel, Sapphire Rapids, and many, many more improvements. So if you'd like to learn more about the latest release of QEMU with QMU 8.0, you'll find links in the show notes. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on this show and want to be kept up to date with what's going on in the Linux and open source world, then be sure to subscribe. And of course, remember to like that smash button. And if you'd like to support the show and the Tux Digital Network, then consider becoming a patron by going to tuxdigital.com contribute, where you can get a bunch of cool perks like access to the patron-only sections of the Discord server and much, much more. You can also support the show by ordering the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt or the This Week in Linux shirt, which I'm currently wearing right now, by going to tuxdigital.com slash store. Plus, while you're there, you can check out all the other great stuff like hats, mugs, hoodies, stickers, and much, much more at tuxdigital.com slash store. Thanks again for watching. I'm Michael Tunnell with the Tux Digital Network, and I'll see you next week for another episode of your weekly source for Linux. Good news.